All right, I want to give a huge welcome, everybody, again. Uh, it's awesome to see you, to have you with us. We're in the second week of a brand new series. It's called Kingdom Living, and we're looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, the question I want to start with today as we open up this message is this question, do you have a happy place? And I, I would encourage you to close your eyes, imagine, go there, except some of you wouldn't come back. You know, <laughs> so, so uh, stay with me. But, but uh, maybe your happy place is uh, a cabana on a white sandy beach. And, uh, you know, you've got the, the sheer curtains blowing in the wind with the sound of an, a turquoise ocean just in front of you. I mean, that could be a happy place for me right now. Maybe your happy place is um, taking a moment and... You know, getting under a blanket and reading a book and drinking a cup of coffee. Or, or maybe your happy place is getting outside and running on a trail. Or it's uh, taking your, your dog on a walk around the neighborhood. What's your happy place? Do you have a happy place? Uh, for my son Hudson, uh, he has a happy place. Uh, for those of you who don't know my son Hudson, he is the one this morning as worship started who shouted out, Party in the USA. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but I don't know what he's been listening to. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, but my son, Hudson, you know, he has a happy place, and it's riding on the escalators at the mall. He's two years old, and uh, three now, you're right, three, just turned three. Thank you. That's what, that's what wives are for. How many years have we been married? No, just kidding. Let's not go there. Uh, he loves riding the escalators, and uh, he just got done potty training. And as a reward, uh, Angie took him to the Willow Grove Mall to ride the escalators. True story. He was in his happy place. We all have a happy place. What's your happy place? Um, I think the, the truth is about happiness is that many times happiness is just like that escalator, isn't it? Our happiness goes up and down. And today I'm just, I want to ask, is, it, is there a happiness in this world that is unchanging? Is there a happiness that can't be taken away? What if there was a happiness that didn't go up and down with the circumstances of life? I just think something like that for us today would be instantly relevant to your life and to my life. Wouldn't that be pretty relevant? A, a happiness that's beyond the circumstances of our life. The Bible has a word for this kind of happiness, and it is the word blessed. Blessed. We are in this series on the Sermon on the Mount. We just started it off last week. And last week we noticed that there were two groups here to, uh, there to hear Jesus's most famous teaching, this Sermon on the Mount. There were, were the crowds, and there was the disciples. And uh, the, Jesus saw the crowds. He went up on a mountainside, and then it said, the disciples came to him, and Jesus opens his mouth, most famous sermon in the history of the world, the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus' very first words in the sermon are blessed. That's right, blessed, blessed. 
What if there was a happiness and a blessing that didn't go up and down like those escalators? And then after Jesus says blessed, he blesses his disciples with eight beatitudes. You guys heard of the beatitudes before? That's what we're looking at today. I looked this up. I found out that the word beatitude, check this out. Beatitude means a state of supreme happiness or blessing. Could any of you use that in 2020? Yeah. But it's not found where a lot of us are looking for happiness. It's a happiness on the inside. It's a transformation that God does in our hearts and in our lives. So I want to share this with you today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 5. So you, you want this, this happiness, this blessing. Jesus says, come close. And so today, let's come close and learn from Jesus. This is what he says. Matthew 5, you have your Bible, verses 3 through 12. These are the very first words of Jesus in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What kind of happiness is this? We'll find out. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on and he says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. In the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow, what a very interesting description of supreme blessing and happiness. That's what we're looking at today. So let's pray, and we'll talk about this. Heavenly Father, thanks for this morning, and uh, I just thank you for bringing each person here today and, uh, and for speaking this word of blessing into our lives. Uh, it, it certainly causes us to to rethink the happy life and the good life. And I pray that you would help us to do that today. Help us to come close and to listen to Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so today we're looking at these eight beatitudes, these statements of supreme happiness and blessing. And what I want to show you today is that blessing and happiness can be yours because What I want to show you is that living for Jesus is the most blessed life. Do you believe that today? That living for Jesus is the most blessed life. I want you to see this. I want you to hear it and feel it. Living for Jesus is the most blessed life. There isn't a greater life of blessing than living for Jesus. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And do you catch His very first words. Before he says anything else, he calls his followers blessed. 
And in case you missed it, he says it seven more times. And then he ends with rejoice and be glad. That's the happiness of those who follow Jesus. The blessing. I, I, I looked up this word blessed. I got to tell you about this word blessed. It is the Greek word makarios. And makarios means blessed, privileged, fortunate, and happy. And so Jesus here is speaking about the happiness, the blessing, the privilege, and the joy of those who follow him. And I want to bring this to the surface today because we are blessed to follow Jesus, aren't we? There is a joy and a happiness for those who follow Jesus. So come on, do you believe it? We are blessed. We are blessed. It is a privilege and a blessing to have Jesus in our life today. You know, I think sometimes we forget this. Uh, Some of you are here today. You are young. I see some sixth graders, seventh graders. You're growing up in the church. We got church kids in the house today. We're glad for the church kids in our house today. And I just want to say, do you know the great blessing and privilege of having Jesus in your life at a young age? You're going to know some people that are going to make some choices and experience some pain that you're never going to experience because you said yes to following Jesus at a young age. Some of us are here in church today. We've been in church a long, long, long time. And I just think we're in danger of not realizing the incredible blessing and privilege of having Jesus in our life. I had a a friend who was a volunteer years ago in our youth ministry and He came to Christ as an adult. I think he was in his 30s when he came to Jesus. And he was working with these middle school boys. And and he just used to say, man, these kids are so lucky. They get to talk about Jesus and learn about Jesus. He said, I wish I would have had that at their age. He says, I can't believe it. I didn't know Jesus until I was in my 30s. And he said, I wasted so much of my life. But man, now I'm blessed. Blessed. There is a blessing of having Jesus in your life today. I think about that that moment as Jesus gives this, this short message, this Sermon on a Mount. It's about the length of a TED Talk. And there that day, there were the crowds, and then there, there were the disciples. And Jesus says this word, blessed. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying it is more blessed to follow Jesus than to follow the crowd. He's he's saying living for Jesus is the most blessed life. So we ask today, where is blessing found? Where is happiness found? And I just think in 2020, a lot of us are looking to our circumstances to give us that happiness and joy. We're looking to a person in our life to make us happy. We're we're looking on Amazon for that next purchase to make us happy. 
And many of us are looking at those circumstances going, what can make me happy? I'm so happy today. My retirement went up. I'm so happy today. My kids are out of diapers. And the Vincent said, A to the men. I'm so happy today. My business is doing better than ever before. I'm so happy today because, well, I'm getting married. I'm so happy today. And I think a lot of us are looking for those moments of happiness when Jesus is offering us a depth of happiness that cannot be taken away. See, the happiness that Jesus gives doesn't go up and down with the circumstances of our life. It doesn't go up and down with the health of your marriage. It doesn't go up and down with the health of your portfolio. We're talking about an inward happiness. It's not based on the circumstances of our life. And let me show you from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gives us eight blessings, eight beatitudes. And if you look at each of those eight beatitudes, seven of them are attitudes of the heart. One of them deals with our circumstances, and it's the last one. And what's that circumstance? Persecution. (laughs) Jesus is talking about a happiness and a blessing cannot be taken away from you. Where is that joy and happiness found? What is that happy place? I think Jesus gives us a clue. If you look at the Beatitudes, two of them promise the exact same blessing. I don't know if any of you noticed that or have noticed that. The first one and the last one promise the exact same blessing. Look at this. Here's verse 3, the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the first one. The last one. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is trying to say something about all of the Beatitudes in between. This is a technique called an inclusio. It's a a framing technique. And it's saying from the first to the last, all of these promises, all these blessings are under one theme, and this is it. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Kingdom is what God's doing in this world. It's the reign of heaven. It's the reign of Jesus. Kingdom is always good news. And he is saying today, yours is the kingdom. God is at work in your life and in our world. And his kingdom is forever. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the kingdom of Jesus Christ will remain. And we have the joy today of being a part of that kingdom. And so if you're in Christ today, kingdom is yours and happiness is yours and joy is yours and the privilege of being a part of something bigger than yourself. That's the blessing we have. That's our happy place. So I just want to say today and encourage you a little bit that living for Jesus Christ is the most blessed life. We are blessed. So let's take a look at each of these eight Beatitudes. Um, I'd like to go through each one. Um, We don't have time to spend a lot of time on each one, um, but I'd like to touch on these. What are the Beatitudes? And I... 
one of the ways that looking at the Beatitudes is, is to see that the Beatitudes really are eight blessed attitudes. And I think that's a helpful way of looking at this. These, there, there are eight, Jesus gives us eight blessed attitudes. And they are the be attitudes because they help us to be like Jesus and they lead us into the life of God's kingdom. And the Beatitudes really are the very beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So this is, this is the foundation of everything else that comes. So in 10 weeks, when we're still on the, the Sermon on the Mount, we need to remember what Jesus is teaching us right here. It's, it's that important. So let's start taking a look at each of these Beatitudes and, and some of the happiness that comes from them, the blessing that comes from them. Number one, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think it's important to notice that Jesus isn't say, blessed are the poor financially. Some of you said, hey, that's me today. Okay. He's not saying blessed are the poor in finances. He's saying blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's talking about our complete inability before God. That's really important. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's the very first thing he says. Why would that be the very first thing Jesus says? Because what Jesus is telling you, as he gets into this Sermon on the Mount, he's saying you can't live out the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you have read it and know you can't live out the Sermon on the Mount? I can't. So the very first thing he says, poor in spirit can't do this on my own. And what does God give us to help us? He gives us his Holy Spirit. And he transforms our hearts. And he transforms our life. But everything else that follows, it starts here. I can't do it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Number two, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Years ago, Angie and I were at a conference. We were listening to a speaker, and he was talking about the gift of tears. And uh, i got to be honest, that was a gift that I really wasn't looking for. Gift of tears. And, uh, you know, the speaker kept going on, the gift of tears. And he said, you know, the Puritans, they used to get on their knees and cry out to God for the gift of tears. And my wife leans over and she says... I'm praying for you to get the gift of tears. (laughs) I was really happy about that at that time. I don't know if you ever have a spouse nudge you in the middle of a sermon, but as as I've thought about this over the years, and Jesus is really talking about the heart, right? So mourning isn't just about crying. What is this about? Blessed are those who mourn. I began to realize this is about having a heart that is broken for the things that break God's heart. And the very first thing that I need to be aware of that breaks God's heart is my own sin. Gave me a whole new perspective on the gift of tears. It's about having a heart broken for the things that break God's heart. And Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Would God give me the ability to cry over my sin so that I 
reach out to Christ and find forgiveness. Blessed are those who mourn. They'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they'll inherit the earth. That's kind of opposite of what you think. Hey, did you guys hear who's inheriting the earth? Yeah, the meek. The meek? What? There's a great story. Uh, in the, the 1930s, three guys got on a bus in Detroit. There was a man sitting in the back of the bus. 1930s. Those three guys that got on the bus, they started to insult the man in the back. He didn't respond. He didn't say anything. They turned up the insults, continued to insult him. He didn't say anything. He didn't respond. Bus stops. The man gets up to get off the bus. Suddenly, he's much bigger than they had estimated he was sitting down. He walks off the bus. He passes the three guys who had been insulting him. He pulls out of his pocket a business card, and he hands it to him. He gets off the bus, and as the bus pulls away, those three guys look at the business card, and they read, Joe Lewis, boxer. <laughs> Saw a list of the 100 greatest punchers of all time. Joe Lewis was number one. Could he have gotten up and done something about those insults? Absolutely. One of the definitions of meekness is strength under control. Jesus exuded a lot of meekness when he chose to stay on the cross. And I say he chose to stay because he did. If you think meekness is weakness, just try it for a week. What is meekness? In one sense, it's letting go of our rights. But it's more than that. Meekness is letting go of our lives to Jesus Christ. And that's why it says, blessed are the meek, they're going to inherit the earth. Last page of scripture speaks about a new heavens and a new earth. God is going to make everything new. And Jesus says the meek, not the proud, the meek, are going to inherit the earth. That's pretty awesome. I don't know if that fills your heart with some joy today. Because we have hope. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You guys ever had a craving for something? Like Chinese food or something like that, Indian food, Thai food, um, Italian, I don't know. I've been craving a donut. Anybody anybody have a donut? Anybody have a donut? Oh, dude, I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Hook me up. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Sweet. Sweet. Dude, Misha, thank you. (laughs) I need a little halftime sugar rush. Why do we hunger and thirst for for things? Because we don't have it, right? Why Why are we hungry and thirsty for Chinese food? We haven't had Chinese food in a while. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Where does that come from? It comes from the fact that we don't have righteousness. The Bible says there's no one righteous, not even one. 
So we begin to hunger and thirst for it. Here's what's amazing. Promises, they will be filled. And that starts with the cross. Jesus goes to the cross. You remember what he did on the cross? He took our sin. And then what did he do? Great exchange. He gave us his righteousness. Does that blow your mind today or what? When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. You put your trust in Jesus. He takes all your sin. And he gives you all of Jesus' righteousness. And you stand righteous before God. What a gift. And that's just the beginning of God filling your life with righteousness. As he begins to do a work of transformation in your life, making you more like his son, Jesus. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of Jesus Christ? They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I used to work for a pastor uh, who used to brag uh, that he didn't have the gift of mercy. It was kind of weird. And that's actually how he treated people as a pastor. And I just want to say today, even if you don't have the gift of mercy, you can still show mercy to others. What is this? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I think the ability to show mercy comes from the great mercy we have received. Isn't that amazing? Jesus takes all of our sin. He gives us his righteousness. That is mercy. And for those who have received great mercy, there is an opportunity to show great mercy. There's there's something that connects us to God in a powerful way when we show mercy because it connects us to the God who's shown mercy to us. Do you see how these are building? Poor in spirit, the, those who mourn, the meek, the you know, hunger and thirst for righteousness. He fills you with righteousness, this mercy received, mercy given. There's a transformation taking place through the gospel. And then he gets to this awe-inspiring one. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's just mind-blowing. And what we're talking about here is a purity of what? Purity of heart. And that's what Jesus is all about. Jesus is all about the heart and the transformation of your heart. The heart, what is the heart? The heart is the center of who you are. And Proverbs says life flows from the heart. The heart is also the place where God does his greatest work. One of our core values here is the heart. So what's a pure heart? I think a pure heart is a genuine heart. It's a heart Full of love. It's a heart without hypocrisy. It's a heart that looks a lot like Jesus. And here's what's special about a pure heart. What's special about, is about a pure heart is that you begin to see God. Isn't that amazing? Remember, this is built upon everything we talked about before. We're talking about your righteousness is in Christ. We're talking about God doing a work in your heart. And there is a purity of heart that begins to flow that allows you to see God. Even now, even today. And yet we wait for the day because we see in a glass dimly. What's the promise of scripture? Someday we'll see him face to face. Can you imagine seeing God face to face? 
What a blessing. What a privilege. What happiness for those who live for Jesus Christ. Number seven, blessed are the peacemakers. I think no matter who you are, you're going to experience some conflict in a relationship. Anybody ever experienced relational conflict, anything like that? Okay, I think that's 100%, 100 100. Yeah, it was like, no, I don't, I don't experience any conflict. You know, it could be with a boss. It could be with a spouse. Um, could be with a child or somebody on your team. We all experience conflict in life. And uh, they say there's two different ways that people tend to deal with conflict. One is the conflict avoider. And you know the conflict avoider because they avoid conflict. They shy away from disagreement. And then there's one called the conflict seeker. And I don't know if that's the right word, but the conflict seeker kind of goes right in. They're the ones who will tell you what they think. They're, you know, it gets a little heated. That's okay. How many of you here are conflict avoiders? And I'm raising my hand on this one. Any conflict avoiders? All right. How, the, there were some conflict avoiders that didn't want to raise their hand, I think, right there. How many conflict seekers? They're not shy. Yep, some conflict seekers. A, a lot of this, you know, style of conflict, it, isn't some of this stuff that we learn in our family of origin? I think some of that is, right? We learn that in our home growing up. And what Jesus is saying, he's talking about children of God. He's, he's saying now in the family of Jesus, we have an opportunity to learn a new way of dealing with re- relational conflict. And it's not conflict avoidance. It's not um, conflict seeking. But it's something Jesus calls peacemaking. And so in the family of Jesus, we are invited to be the ones who work it out. Isn't that hard work? It's much easier to avoid. It's much easier to go right in. And Jesus says, no, in the family of Jesus, we're the ones that work it out. Because that's what God did with us, right? He worked it out. It's a family trait. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called children of God. Last one. It's kind of fast, right? We could spend a week on each one of these. There's a lot here. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think here at the end we we can pause. I don't think we can even comprehend what our brothers and sisters around the world experience. Some of Some of our brothers and sisters live in places of intense persecution. You know, China. China's one of those places right now. Do you guys know that Christians are the most persecuted group worldwide? Did you know that? So if you're here today, you're a Christian, you're a part of the most persecuted group worldwide. A couple of stats. Uh, Right now, 245 million Christians live in intense persecution. 245 million Christians today live in ridiculously intense persecution. 105 churches every month are attacked or burned worldwide. Aren't you guys kind of glad we don't have to worry about somebody burning down our church or attacking us this morning? But that's what believers go through around the world. I have a friend who's uh, a pastor in India. He is Indian, and he is a pastor in India. And years ago, he sent me this message. He said, 
Um, I just got the news. This is in India. A friend of mine was attacked two hours ago. She's 27 and a software engineer. And a regular at all our programs. She was going door to door inviting people to a Christmas program. She got attacked. Somebody didn't like that. She was badly wounded. Please pray. Even her eyelids were torn. That's what our brothers and sisters are going through around the world. Now we may not have that same level of persecution here. But can we live with the same level of courage? Yes, we can. There are Christians that live with a tremendous amount of courage all over the world. And I just want to say to us today, we are blessed. (laughs) And we're blessed to live with that same kind of courage every single day. I think Jesus knows this is a tough pill to swallow. Blessed are the persecuted. So he adds a little explanation. You notice he didn't explain the other ones. He's like, yeah, let me just explain this. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Then he says, rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. You have a reward. The reward is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. And the joy of that kingdom. He says, great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. (laughs) Jesus says, you're in good company. Let's put all eight Beatitudes up. I want to give you a, a moment to pause. We went pretty quickly through those. These are eight blessed attitudes. Isn't it amazing you look at that list? Isn't Jesus all of those? These are the be attitudes. They help us to be like Jesus. Is there one of those that jumps out to you today? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn. They'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. They'll be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted. The courageous. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is there a blessed attitude there that is really stirring in your heart this morning? Pick one today. Take it with you. And begin to ask God to do a work in your life. These are the eight Beatitudes. Blessed, happy, privileged. Friends, living for Jesus is the most blessed life because there is a happiness, a happy place that comes right from him, right from heaven. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for uh, these challenging words. And, and i got to be honest, I, I don't always think to look for my happiness in the attitude of my heart before you. 
But Jesus, there are these blessed attitudes that you're really asking us to tap into today. And so we start by just saying we can't do it. Lord, would you do a work in our hearts today? Would you transform us? Would you... Would you work the joy of God's kingdom, the happiness of being sons and daughters of God? Would that, would that happiness begin to bubble up and overflow inside of us? That, that it's you, God. It's you in our life. It's your kingdom. So we come poor. We come those who are broken. We come those who are meek, hungering and thirsting after your righteousness. Those who have received mercy upon mercy upon mercy. And we ask today that we would be the ones to see God. We ask you today that we would be the ones to live in the kingdom and to make you known courageously to the people around us. Help us to know the privilege of being a part of your family privilege of being able to live for something bigger than ourselves today. And I just ask we would take that joy with us in our hearts to the end of the earth. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, let's stand. Let's worship. Let's worship.